this is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Meal Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Meal Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mealtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Some readers may have thought I was trying to get their goat in a manner of speaking in my most recent food section column when I detailed my purchase of a whole goat and some of my first forays with using the meat. Now, if you have read my columns or blog or listened to these podcasts for any period of time, certainly within the past year, you probably recall that I usually purchase a whole lamb every year. That's raised by a local student, usually a member of 4-H or FFA club. I've been working with the same Crater High School teenager for the past few years to purchase a whole lamb. And that's then butchered on the farm and custom cut and wrapped at a locally owned meat shop. That gives my family a large quantity of meat to eat for about a year. And usually the price comes in at about $10 per pound. This year, that teen wanted to raise a goat, specifically a meat breed at the suggestion of his aunt, who's also a rancher. And the goat cost a little bit more than the lamb did. But the payoff, I think, was worth it just to be able to explore a genre of meat that I have very little experience with. Enough to know that I do like goat. I had tried it on a Caribbean vacation several years previously, where it's prepared much more often, which seems strange to people. But in fact, my column, and that was published on October 7th under the headline, Tips for Cooking Great Tasting Goat, delves into goat's unfamiliarity with diners in the United States. It's pretty much an anomaly in global terms. It's one of the most widely consumed meats around the globe, and it spans all genres of cuisine. And it's particularly prized in countries where there isn't a lot of landscape that supports livestock. Goats famously will browse and feed themselves on vegetation that really no other animal could survive on. So it's really essential, particularly in less developed countries. And it's actually really delicious. Professional chefs attest to this. There's been articles written on this. It's not what people expect, which is to say probably gamey or sort of strange tasting. But in fact, it is super, super mild, more so than lamb and definitely more so than grass-fed beef, which I think has a far more pronounced flavor. Goat sort of lands somewhere in the middle where people aren't quite sure what it is. Is it pork? Is it something else? I mean, it's definitely not as light as chicken, but it has much less fat than lamb does. So it's considered a heart healthy meat actually, and one well worth exploring. Yes, it's obscure in the United States. There really is not an industrial supply of goat, but that's all well and good when you are looking for sustainably raised, humanely raised meats. It does take some networking. It does take some persistence maybe to find these sources 
One of the ways to do it is to attend some of the fairs, Jackson County Fair and the livestock auction there, the spring fair, where there are more often lambs sold. And get to know some of the club advisors there who often are ranchers themselves and have animals to sell. Or find out which kids have raised a quote-unquote backup animal, which is an insurance policy basically against their primary show animal sickening prior to fair. They still have an animal that they can bring, but usually they will slaughter that backup animal immediately after fair and they'll sell it for less than the auction price. Auction prices, of course, go up often above market price to support the kids. But pound for pound, the price is going to be more for your ground meat, but less for some of your higher end cuts like the chops. It all evens out, I think. It's kind of a wash in the end. One of my all-time favorite cuts from any animal, but particularly lambs and now goat, are the shanks. The shanks, of course, are a fibrous cut with a lot of connective tissue that requires long cooking, usually with some moisture, a braise, to bring out all that kind of gelatinous, just, I think, beautiful texture and flavor that you can only get from that kind of cut. I've touted these quote-unquote budget-friendly cuts over the years. And in fact, they're often put on restaurant menus for much more than you would pay in the grocery store. And I always plan on sort of rationing my shanks a little bit throughout the year that we'll have this animal at our disposal. It's hard because my kids happen to love the shanks and they would eat them anytime I would put them in front of them. I have five and seven-year-old sons. I have to sort of like elbow them aside to get a bite. And they love the marrow, scooping the marrow out from that center bone, which is one of the best things about eating the shanks, particularly if you've got some nice fresh bread or like some broiled baguette toast rubbed with a garlic clove. It's one of my all-time favorite treats. I would just make that as a snack if I happen to have the marrow bones on hand. I didn't run a recipe for the shanks with my column because the very first thing I did when I got this goat was I cooked the organs. I went and picked up the organs the same day it was slaughtered at the farm and I prepared the heart and the tongue in an instant pot. Those are two cuts that also need long, slow cooking, although an instant pot shortens that time down to about 30 minutes because it's under pressure. And these are two lean meats that emerge just absolutely succulent and so flavorful with some bay leaves, peppercorns, whole allspice berries and cloves and a splash of apple cider vinegar in the pot while they're braising. And I turned those into what I consider to be very traditional tacos. More traditional if I had made my own salsa and quick pickled some of my own vegetables, chilies to put on the side. But goat is prized throughout Latin America. That's one of the locations and you will see it in tacos. You'll see whole roasted goat and certainly these organ meats being consumed even in tacos. Taco trucks around the region who serve lengua, the beef's tongue are a perfect example of that, of course. I also use the liver to make a pretty quick and easy liver pate, easily blended up in the food processor. I love this. It's high in iron 
and essential vitamins and minerals. And to me, it tastes so good. Not everybody loves that livery flavor, but again, this is a humanely raised animal and the organ meats are very mild. Freshness makes all the difference. When these are super, super fresh, like same day fresh, you don't get any strong flavors. It's when they've been sitting around that they start to go off and certainly not only the flavor, but the texture is going to suffer. I said in my column, forget hummus. This is my favorite high protein pick me up with crackers or crudite. And I freeze it. I freeze it in four ounce portions. It freezes really nice. It's not quite as silky. It gets a little crumbly, but it stills great and can certainly keep it fresher, maybe longer than I want to eat, you know, say a whole pound of pate or something. So that's a recipe you can find in my column, Tips for Cooking Great Tasting Goat, published October 7th. And that is available at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. You'll also find a recipe on that site for a recent blog post using another part of the meat, lamb or goat, or you could even prepare it with beef. And that's for a Moroccan lamb or goat or beef with apricots, almonds, and mint. And uses lean meat that's been cut up into almost bite-sized pieces. I like to use the meat cut off the leg, which I always have one of those boned out and cut up for my just own ease of preparation. I like to cook it as kebabs or in sort of like a braise or stew like this. It's one that certainly could also be used with quote-unquote stew meat, more fibrous cuts that need to cook a lot longer as well. So find that recipe under the headline, Dried Fruit Sweetens Moroccan-Style Lamb or Goat, published on October 9th at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen hole hyphen dish. Back to the shanks. I wanted to share in this podcast a recipe for that preparation that really transitions nicely from the season for summer vegetables, tomatoes specifically, into more cold season cooking. And we're going to start to see that, of course, here in the next few weeks. And I always start craving some of these long cooked dishes and stews. And this shank dish in particular that again could be prepared with lamb could be prepared with veal also buco of course is another really really delicious meat to use in this kind of preparation it's of course more on the luxury end but lamb shanks being very common they're fairly easy to source locally but you could certainly put in a special order with a grocery store to get these for this particular recipe, lamb shanks or goat shanks or veal shanks with tomato. This was one of the top tomato finalists in 2015 in a contest hosted by the Washington Post. That contest hasn't been held in a few years. It was a reader recipe contest, but I always liked running the results of this in my blog. And this one, among others, can be found on my blog archives at blogs.e7oregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. It was published July 8th, 2016 under the headline recipes workshop, wet appetites for tomatoes. And you can find this by 
selecting from the drop down menu on the right hand side of the page under the archives heading and select July 2016 and page most of the way down because they're published in reverse order to the 8th. To find this recipe submitted by Laura Santana of Alexandria, Virginia in the Washington Post's top tomato contest. Lamb shanks with tomato calls for eight to 10 large tomatoes. If you have garden tomatoes, that's great. There still are lots of locally grown tomatoes available. You could also use canned tomatoes for this. Good quality plum style tomato. Eight large garlic cloves, that's unpeeled. Leave the peels on there because you're gonna roast the tomatoes with the garlic. Two tablespoons extra virgin olive oil, that's a divided use. Kosher salt to taste. Freshly ground black pepper to taste. Two lamb shanks or goat shanks or veal shanks are going to be perhaps a little larger. That's about four and a half pounds total. One large onion that's been peeled and coarsely chopped. You could use pretty much any onion, white, yellow, or red, even a sweet onion for this dish. Two tablespoons fresh oregano and up to a quarter cup water for thinning the sauce. If necessary, that's optional. Preheat the oven to 450 degrees Fahrenheit and have ready a shallow roasting pan. In the pan, combine the eight to 10 tomatoes and the eight garlic cloves with their peel still on. Sprinkle those with one tablespoon of the extra virgin olive oil and a dash of the salt and roast in the preheated oven for 45 minutes until they're fragrant and the tomatoes have broken down and released their juices. And then using tongs, pull off as many tomato skins as you can fish out of there and discard them. Then pull out the garlic cloves and squeeze them from their skins back into the pan and discard the skins. Use a spatula or your clean hands once this has cooled down to mash the tomatoes and garlic together and let the mixture rest while you prep the shanks. Season those two shanks, again, about four and a half pounds total, well with salt and pepper. Heat the remaining tablespoon olive oil in a large Dutch oven over medium heat. And once the oil shimmers, add the shanks. Sear until they're lightly browned all over, turning them as needed and using tongs, transfer them to a plate once they're seared. In the same pot, turn down the heat a little bit so it doesn't burn. Stir in the peeled and coarsely chopped onion, adding a pinch of salt, and cook for about eight minutes, stirring until the onion's barely translucent. Keep that moving around the pan again so it doesn't brown and caramelize too much. You want this to still remain mild flavored. You've got that nice roasted garlic and tomato flavor already. Add the two tablespoons fresh oregano, then return the seared shanks to the pot and cover them with that roasted tomato garlic mixture. If you're using ripe juicy tomatoes and certainly canned tomatoes will give off a lot of juice as well, there should be enough liquid to cover the shanks. If not, you may need to add about a cup of water. Increase the heat to medium-high and bring that mixture to a boil. Then reduce the heat to medium, cover, and cook for one and a half hours or until the meat is quite tender. Keep checking it as needed to make sure it's submerged. And it might start falling off the bone. That's okay. That's what you want, actually, is the end result. So taste and adjust the seasonings as needed. 
can discard the bones. I love to serve actually the bone on the plate, sort of caveman style. My kids will gnaw on these, but for a more refined presentation, you can take the meat off, discard the bones, divide it evenly if you're creating two portions, and serve that warm with the tomato roasted garlic sauce over del pasta is fabulous, or polenta, that would be my preferred accompaniment, or even mashed potatoes. And that makes two to four servings of lamb or goat or veal shanks with tomato. You can find that recipe on my blog archives at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food published July 8th, 2016 under the headline recipes workshop wet appetites for tomatoes and using lamb or goat or other meat sort of in that vein. Again, grass-fed beef, of course, is a great candidate. You can check out my most recent column in the Mail Tribune food section, published under the headline, Tips for Cooking Great Tasting Goat on October 7th, and find another seasonally sort of inspired recipe, particularly as we're going into cold weather cooking for a Moroccan-style lamb with apricots, almonds, and mint published October 9th under the headline, Dried Fruit Sweetens Moroccan Style Lamb or Goat, on my blog, The Whole Dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.